with another episode of Currently Binging, the podcast about all things TV and movies. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to my voice on. Also, take a few extra seconds to rate, comment, all greatly appreciated. So we are discussing season two of Shadow and Bones. Shadow and Bones. I don't know why I keep leaving off the S. <laughs> But there are going to be spoilers for not just the show because like, duh, but also for the books um, because how this ends and then how it ends in the trilogy, completely different. And I do want to talk about it. So I am warning you, we are going to spoil some of the books. So if you are like, I don't want to hear anything about the books or I don't care about the books or any of that, like you're psycho about the books being talked about when the show was based on a book then this is not going to be for you um so feel free to like either skip ahead or like not listen <laughs> but yeah so um again these are all my opinions we're most likely going to disagree so uh feel free to let me know what you think differently and we can discuss it so shadow and bone season two dropped like a week ago was it a week ago about now a little bit over a week um ago on netflix we do not know yet if we're getting a season three um if you want to hear me rant about <laughs> netflix and renewing things then you can go and listen to what i had to say for season four of you it's like all the way at the end but that's neither here nor there we'll get into season three talk a little bit later but let's start off because i have a lot of notes you all, so I am going to be looking at my notes and referencing them a lot because I did look up what was going on in the books. I did not read the books. Um, I have no desire to read the books, to be quite honest. Um, but I did want to see, just based off of how we left things, kind of like how we were tracking um, with the books, since it is a trilogy. And then we, and then there is also the um, spinoff for the... Uh, Six of Crows. So we do get some Six of Crows plot lines in actually both seasons. And it does look like they set us up to at least explore more as far as like that plot line is concerned. But when we look at the actual trilogy, so the core um, trilogy around like Alina and Mal um, and even Kerrigan, which I didn't really look up what was going on with Kerrigan. <laughs> after like towards the end of the trilogy but I guess um but I guess I, I think he still dies in the books but that didn't come up in like the little like synopsis and like summaries that I found but either way so this is like the big spoiler um like hopefully I don't know like some people like to go back and read the books um even if they didn't read them before watching the show which I mean I guess if it's different enough, then it's like, oh, I'm not going to feel spoiled, but like, whatever. This is a book spoiler. So if you don't want to hear it, then skip ahead. But so season two pretty much tackles books two and three of the trilogy and how it ends in the trilogy versus how it ends in season two are completely different. And the big difference is that in the books, uh, Alina loses her powers like in the fight to try to like stop the shadows and Kerrigan and all that. She loses her um, powers. They do defeat him. Honestly, I can't really remember because I didn't write it all down. But the main thing is that <laughs> she loses her powers and then her and Mal end up getting married and like running off somewhere. 
powerless. <laughs> Whereas in the actual show, Alina does not lose her powers. Um, and they, and for them to cover two books, like, now that I'm thinking about it, that's a lot. And it did feel like they were trying to stuff a lot into this season of TV. I think I felt that way for season one as well. Um, but we'll get to that in a minute. But um, so in the show, like, she still has her powers and it looks like we're going to explore potentially a darker side of Alina just based off of the little smirk that we got at the end of season two. So that will be interesting as well because um, we know that she's with Nikolai now or like she's pursuing that um, relationship with him. Like I'm assuming they're getting married uh, or, or going to be on track to get married. We'll see how far that goes based off of how things ended. Um, but I will say Alina has chemistry with pretty much everyone she comes into contact with or, um, associates with on this series. Like she has strong chemistry with Kerrigan, which I, you all know, I had my thoughts on that. You can go back and listen to season one. If you want to know, it was mainly the age gap thing. Um, which I mean, I guess in the story, whatever, but like, it's just a, a really big age, a really big age gap. And it was kind of weird for me personally, everyone might not feel that way. Um, but I am very vocal and cause I do watch a lot of these like young adult, um, shows. And when they do have like, when they do have, um, storylines that involve like a major age gap, I'm pretty vocal about it. So uh, there was that. And then also she had pretty great chemistry with Mal, which is like considered or what's the word? Not considered, which is expected because we do see it in season one. We're to assume they're kind of, they're kind of in game. Uh, if you're not that familiar with the actual books, it does come across that way in the show. And then we do see them especially in the beginning, like get closer because we pretty much pick up where we left off last season. Granted, as with all these things, it's been a pretty big gap since between season one and um, season two. Season one we got in 2021. And so it's been over a year and a half-ish, I think. But it's been some time. And as with most things, I usually don't go back and watch a whole season um, before a new season starts just because I watch too much too much TV to go back and rewatch things but I do think that I am going to start moving forward watching at least the last episode or maybe the last two episodes of the previous season also because of the recaps usually they would play the recaps and it'll be like previously on whatever show or what happened last season they did not do that they literally jumped right in and I was sitting there thinking to myself I have no clue what happened last season so I had to go seek out the recap on Netflix in order to watch it and I still was sitting there like some things are coming back to me but then I was still sitting there like hmm okay I don't know maybe I remember not too sure so it was a big gap it started to slowly, things started to come back to me as the episodes went on. But one of the things that I will say, so like going back to the book, that was the big difference between the book and the show is that in the books, Mal and Alina end up together. I'm assuming they're still going to end up together if we get another season or however many more seasons we get. 
end game and goal assuming it's going to be Mal and Alina. Don't know how much they want to go off that path just based on how they set it up where Mal no longer has that connection to Alina because we find out that Mal is the final amplifier that she needs. It was giving a little bit predictable <laughs> especially when Mal, Alina, and Bagra went off to find the final amplifier and that was really a setup for Bagra because she was in this Kyrgyz mom she was essentially she knew she was so she was like oh I know where it is but she knew that she needed to get Mal there so that he can understand what his lineage is and how he connects to um Alina and like and why he's important because had she not bought him there I don't think that he would have realized that and so it was good to see more about who Mal is but it was not surprising because as soon as they got to that little cave thing and she had to use her blood to open the door I was like okay I think I feel like I know where we're going and then when she started talking about her father so she killed her sister and then her father brought her sister back and then this thing was passed down from her sister to her ancestors and I was literally sitting there looking at the screen being like he is literally related to them <laughs> it was so obvious so uh that was not unexpected or surprising at all that that was the case being someone who didn't read the actual books I thought I think it makes sense and then the fact that I guess kind of it does kind of tie into the books because Alina loses her powers in the books but Mal loses his connection to Alina because essentially in order to act as an amplifier for her uh he had to die but then they try to do a whole workaround because Alina's like, oh, I don't want him to die, blah, blah, blah. And of course, it doesn't go as planned. So he does end up dying for a little bit. And then she ends up bringing him back using, I have to look in my notes to find it. Merzos. Alina uses Merzos. Oh, my face is so close. <laughs> but um, Alina uses Merzos. Mer Mer I don't know how to how to say it. you all know sometimes I struggle with the with the sayings of names but it's okay so she uses that which is what Bagra told, told her not to use ever we know Kerrigan used it which is why Kerrigan was essentially dying the entire season <laughs> because he used that and literally looks like death the entire time but she uses that to bring him back and she kept telling her there will be consequences. Like you cannot use this and not expect there to be consequences. So I'm assuming if we do get a season three, we're going to see a lot of those consequences. One of them being potentially that while Alina was the light and um, like positive force, now we are kind of seeing some darkness in her, uh, which kind of also points to what Kerrigan said before he died which was he kept being like oh there needs to be balance between light and dark because he was all dark and she was all light and then she died and so like all the darkness is gone essentially or the shadows and so there's not that balance so where did all the darkness go it had to go somewhere so then maybe the assumption we could make is that it went into her and so now there's going to be this struggle that she has we're already in season three i told y'all we were going to wait but 
here we are. So there's like this internal struggle with her as far as um, the battle between light and dark, which I am assuming that would be one of the storylines for a potential season three. But anyway, so she brings Mal back. Uh, and so it kind of ties into the book because she loses her power. He and the books in the show, he loses his connection to her, his gift, which is being able to track because he was intrinsically pulled to her because of the gift that was passed down to him through his um, ancestry, if you will. And so when he died and then he was bought back, he lost that. And so we do see them go their separate ways with Alina on track to pretty much partner up with Nikolai and try to bring the groups of people together and the Grisha and the Rafka, or are they both the same? <laughs> I have in my notes. I'm like, I can't remember if they're um, alike or different. But yeah, so they have, they're both together, um, essentially to try to bring their people together. But you know, based on how things ended, we'll see how well that happens. And then um, Mal goes off on his own little journey to try to find himself because essentially since we've seen him and since he's been on his own all he all he has known is Alina as his north star and so now he is going to um try to figure out who he is without her and then they make the note like oh maybe he'll bring us back together and it won't be because of this gift that he, that he had or this thing that like connected them both together it'll be more natural <laughs> if you will so i'm assuming they're in game and at some point they will come back together and then that will be that and they'll still get married because i'm a i'm sure the the fans of the books would properly write if that's not the case <laughs> so there is that what else so that's kind of where we ended things i guess we can go back a little bit let's talk about the store the pacing of everything i felt this way a little bit in season one where there were just so many storylines you have the crows you had everything else going on with lena mal and kerrigan um and then you had this side thing that was happening between what was his name not Jinya. I have to find you all know I have to find her name but the like the guy who's in prison and then the one who's like a heart renderer she's able or she's able or like she has the gift where she can like stop people with their heart or whatever so we had that whole storyline in the first season and we essentially still have like those separate storylines the only difference is that now the heart renderer is in um the group with the crows so they kind of they've condensed her into that storyline but they still have that extra storyline with the guy in prison every time we came back to him i was like oh yeah i forgot matthias and nina there we go matthias and nina every time we came back to him i was just like i forgot that he was a storyline So I do think that there were still too many and it kind of 
I get it just based off of the little bit of research that I did that he's connected to the um, Six of Crows like plot lines in the books and they're trying to set up some of those storylines potentially but I don't know it just made me not care about him enough to be like oh that's what's going on with him even though we do see a lot of Nina because she is with the um crows it's still like it's not enough that I'm like oh are we going to get Matthias out of jail or what's going on with Matthias it would literally be where we haven't seen him for like an episode or two and then he shows up on the screen and it's like oh yeah Matthias <laughs> like <laughs> so I did struggle a little bit with his storyline um we do get some new people we get Tolia and his sister which is Tamar or Tamar <laughs> we get those two which I thought they were an interesting addition along with Nikolai um to kind of see they don't really harp on their friendship or their relationship, but you know, just based off their interactions with each other. Uh, and I'm talking about the trio, the three of them, Nikolai, Tamar, and um, Tolia versus, Tamar and Tolia is like, you know, they have a sibling connection because they talk about it a lot. They talk about their necklaces. We finally get to see later on in the um, season towards the end, what happens when they're close to each other, how they find each other. But as far as the three of them, they're there but you don't really know how close they really are until further on in this in the series or in the season um especially towards the end when they all start to come back together and you realize how much they missed each other and are happy to see each other um safe and alive so i thought that that was a great way to interweave that <sighs> who else oh Kaz and Inej, which I am trying to remember season one, were we getting romantic vibes between the two of them? It honestly, as I was watching the season, and it was clear on the screen that they are clearly into each other. <laughs> Even though in the end, um, Kaz is too stubborn to open himself up to her, even though she's willingly being like, here I am, you should accept me or approach me or what's the word? Take, not take advantage. You should, <laughs> you should like close up the deal. Like I am here telling you these things blatantly and you're just not reciprocating or receiving it. And I know you want to, and he's just too stubborn. So we do see like in the end, because a lot of times with these things, it ends up working in the favor that we want it to work as a viewer. But I think in this, they really left a lot of things so open-ended that you're kind of like, even for someone like me who is always saying, we don't need another season, we could end it. Even for someone like me, I can clearly see there are, are a lot of loose ends outside of just the blatant um, open-ended that we got at the end with Alina becoming dark and then even the what was going on with Nikolai because the shadow thing was trying to get into him and then come to find out that it still like some of it is in him in the end so those are clear plot lines that would we would potentially follow in season three but outside of that just the relationships there are so many 
open ends that have not been closed or resolved that is just hard to be like oh we don't need another season I don't care because you we follow these people because they packed so much into the season and a lot of I think what works at least for me for this show is a lot of it is relationship building and they do make you genuinely care about everyone on the screen because they give you something to connect to them with then when you get to the end and you're rooting for a resolution and you don't get it then you're like okay I think I want another season so there we have it but <laughs> so that's kind of what happened with Kazan and Nez. Jas Jasper uh he does give a look get a little love interest as well I think they end up okay I think he's an interesting character as well I feel like I said this for season one as well but we do get a little bit more from his backstory. Come to find out that he is also a, um, what is it? A Grisha. And he has powers that he has been suppressing and hiding. And he fully comes into himself and accepts who he is. Because they had the one scene where they were all knocked out. Which I thought was a very interesting, slightly funny scene. Um, when they try to break into break in to get the sword and they all end up getting knocked out essentially dying <laughs> and they all have their various dreams and his was a very positive one because he sees his mother and it's kind of for him to be like oh accept who you are come into your own um and like use your powers for the purpose that you should be using them for and he even kind of gets that from um what is her name I have to find it in here. I wrote her down. I wrote her name down, but the essentially the woman who made that sword, the the, the shadow killer sword. <laughs> um, she essentially it was good for him because she also pretty much was like you. You know who you are. You need to be who you are. You can't hide. Um, it is so much better when you like living in your truth if you will and so I thought that that was great um moment for him because he is such a likable character and I do feel like we got a lot of that a lot or we got to see a lot of it in season one we do get to see it some this season but there's just so much going on that with a show with this big of a cast it's hard to still feel so connected to everyone so I think the way that they split everyone up um, and group them really helped outside of Matthias because at least for me personally I was just like I just kept forgetting he was there um, and then you have the storyline with um, the crows and Pekka because they weren't really there with um, I'm gonna call you all know I like to I like to create a crew so we're just gonna call them the main crew which is Mal and Alina and Nikolai so they weren't really with them but they were dealing with their own stuff with Pekka which they end up which was rooted in because we got a lot more of um, Kaz's backstory at least as far as what happened with his brother the relationship between him and Pekka which was very interesting as well and so we did get to see um, him kind of like overcome that and then Pekka going to jail essentially paying for the wrong that he did, or at least getting Peck or Cass feeling like he got some type of justice 
for what happened with his brother. So we do um, follow them with that. And then they get the um, order from Nikolai to go and look for the shadow sword. I wrote the name of that sword down <laughs> somewhere <laughs> in here. Um, but I'll have to find it. It will, it will jump out at me at some point in my notes. Uh, but yeah, so then we have that. And then we don't really see them back with everyone until the very end. They literally come at the nanosecond to help try to save the day. It's just like, you all know anything that involves groups of people. I love when they're all together and like fighting together, fighting for the same cause. I live for those moments. I don't know. I just love it. But we don't get to see that to literally the very end. Um, and get to see how they all, and it's such a big group, at least for something like this, it just does not make sense for all of them to be together all the time, just based on how they started uh, and how they worked together in season one and now in season two just doesn't make sense for them to be together all the time. Um, but when they do come together, it is fun to watch, at least for me. And so, um, and we got to see how they like work together. Um, and I enjoyed that. So what else? I didn't really talk about Kerrigan. Kerrigan was a mess. One thing I did write. So I, you all know, I, I do these notes and my notes are so, they're so much. I'm showing it on the, in the video, but like my notes, like these are all, <laughs> it's so many notes. That's why sometimes I struggle trying to find things and I've been trying to get better with using emojis and colors and bolding for things that I want to jump out at me. And so one of the things that are jump, that is jumping out at me <laughs> is that I wrote, I have to say, Kerrigan is a bit obsessive. He really is. Kerrigan is such, he's so problematic. <laughs> and that's why season one he was problematic season two he was problematic he was just so obsessed with Alina being his person and being able to control her and um trying to be in her dream it was just it was a lot he was a stalker it was just it was too much so um yeah it was just really 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 toxic behavior that we were seeing from him um, throughout this entire season as he was dying, which Mal kept saying a lot, especially after Mal found out that he was the firebird. And then Kerrigan finds out because his mom um, like sacrifices herself to cut his hand off. Can you imagine you having, your child is so bad, <laughs> you have to cut their hand off so that they can stop essentially stalking someone? <laughs> insanity so um he she ends up sacrificing herself to disconnect his connection to um Alina because as we know in the last season um when he took control over her she the stag that she was looking for which was essentially the first amplifier that she had she um they killed it and then he put a piece of the stag in his arm and then he put the like antlers in her chest and so they still had a connection because a piece of that stag was still in his arm which you all watch you all know that but you know you i'm so bad at recapping stuff that's why i don't like to recap but there we go so <laughs> i just like to discuss i don't i don't like to retell but anyway and so um, we, 
see that very toxic stalkery behavior from Kerrigan, which is nothing new. Um, and so he goes into his mom's memories and then that's how he finds out that, uh, what's his name? Mal. <laughs> there are so many names. That's when we find out that Mal has, um, or he finds out Mal is essentially his cousin. And when he showed up in Mal's dream and was like, cousin. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> And I think it was the only reason it was so funny to me is because in my head, I was just like, that's his cousin. <laughs> and then he was like, cousin, and his like accent or whatever. It was so funny. But so, yeah, so he shows up and he's like, oh, well, either you're going to because we know he's looking for the fiber, too. So it's like he essentially doesn't want um, what's her name, Alina, to <laughs> get the third amplifier because she would essentially be super powerful and unstoppable and we know that like that's not what um kerrigan wants like he wants to be the most powerful which is like he's the one who caused the uh what is it the the shadow wall it's not a shadow wall it's in here somewhere um He's essentially the one who caused, like, the big rift that we have uh, in that they are essentially trying to, or Alina is fighting to bring down. And so, yeah, he was just very obsessive, um, even up to the point where she he was dying and he was asking her to kill her. And then his whole, I kind of referenced it earlier, but, like, his whole speech about the light and the darkness and, like, they're soulmates and she'll realize it and all that. He said that quite a few times throughout the season um yeah it's just very toxic behavior which is why it's always interesting for me because I do you all know if you listen to a lot of what I talk about a lot of it is these young adult um, shows but as I sit here and start to like discuss it with you all and talk it out a lot of this stuff is very problematic behavior <laughs> that we're just like hey kids like we're like in a coded way we're saying it's bad but then it's like but are they picking up that this is bad problematic behavior that this is not what you want <laughs> from someone as far as like they're trying to pursue you like by being obsessive and a stalker like those are things that seem to run a lot in a lot of these shows it's like obsession and stalkeriness but you know you know <laughs> We're not going to go there because I've talked about um, this in lots of other young adult shows that I have discussed around like parental guidance and all of that. You can go if you really want to know how, what I feel that you can go and um, listen to 13 Reasons Why. That's probably the one I talk about in the most. Any season of 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> but anyway, so what else do I have? Oh, okay, let's talk about the, see, this um, This is why the emojis and stuff help, because it catches my eye. The slow-mo action effects, they did not have that season one, definitely was noticeable season two. <laughs> the first time it happened, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is highly produced fighting action, and I'm all here for it, you know, I like me a good fight scene. I mean, I don't come to watch Shadow and Bones and expect a good fight scene so I thought it was hilarious when it first happened 
<laughs> and then like every fight scene after that had dramatically slow scene fight scenes. I was just like, oh, okay. Um, what else do I want to talk about that we didn't talk about? Mm, we talked about the crows a little bit. We talked about um, Nikolai. I talked about Lena's um, chemistry with everyone. Okay, let's talk about the ending a little bit. And then I'll go through my takeaway notes to make sure I haven't missed anything. So essentially how we end things. So like day one, we think it's all over. As I said, Mal and uh, Mal goes his on his own adventure. He takes on the name of, uh, I wrote it down. Let's see if I can find it. <laughs> he takes on the name that Nikolai had been using. Stormhound, Stormhound, Stormhound. I don't know. Either way, you all heard it too. So you know what I'm talking about. But he takes on that name and he goes off sailing with um, Toila, Tamar, Inej. Um, and they like go off on their own little adventure. The rest of the crows go back home and Cass like comes up with a whole new prosperous business, which apparently links to plot lines from uh, the Six of Crow books, Six of Crows books. Um, we see Pekka, uh, we see Nadia go back and try to free, um, Matthias. She brings the purpose like, oh, it's been signed by the king. Like he should be free, but he's been, um, brainwashed or taken advantage of, I should say, by Pekka. And she, I was like, the one thing, your one job was to show up there and just give him the papers and be like, okay, he's free. And she lost the paper, so... <laughs> Even if she was to get another um, paper or form or whatever from Nikolai, it would take forever to get it because the what, the paper that she did have got trampled on. But um, I think it just speaks to how manipulative of a person Pekka is. And I think that he is definitely, if we do get a season three, going to be another a villain again in season three just based on kind of how he came up in ranks being in jail, how he manipulated Matthias. And it looks like he's running the jail. Like everyone's taking orders from him, even the guards. So that'll be interesting. Um, but essentially we find out from Jasper because he's giving, he's talking to uh, Cass and he's like, oh, there's this drug, there's this drug that's being weaponized. Um, that amplifies Grisha power by like a thousand. Uh, and this was created by, so y'all know we about to butcher some names. So just be prepared. <laughs> this was created by the Fyrdon and it's part, and this is, so this is not me. This is part of the plot of King of Scars and Rule of Rules. I think those are two um, Six of Crows books. Um, and this leads to the battle between the Rafka and the Firda in the books. So essentially the assumption is that, we're, so now we're getting into like season three talk. So we're talking about the ending and we're getting into potential season three. So just, just hang on. <laughs> so, um, this is essentially could be the setup for this war. This war is referenced in the Six of Crows books. We've had a lot of plot lines from the Six of Crows books, apparently, from my research. And so this is kind of the, the direction that 
people who have read the book feel like we're going um, based on how things have been set up in the introduction of this drug. And so we essentially have the knighting of Nikolai because he lost his whole family except his stepmom, um, his brother who was pretty much an asshole. <laughs> Because we saw he sent off Mal and then as soon as the shadow monsters attacked, he was the first to go. And honestly, I felt nothing <laughs> at all when he died. I was just like, I mean, this is why you don't put bad things out into the world because something bad could happen to you. Um, but yeah, so he lost his whole family. Um, his dad was gone. His uh, half-brother who ends up getting killed by shadow monsters and so now um Nikolai is the king and after everything has been said and done the dust has settled now we're gonna have this knighting and this is where we see the first instance of this um new drug which is called Jurda which I, I realized I didn't say it it's called Jurda Param um and we're this is our first instance of seeing this drug in action and so we see Agrisha at the knighting take it and then as Nikolai is being knighted mind you we just had the scene where he was getting ready and we knew he had been attacked by a shadow monster but this was confirmation because even when he was attacked like that thing was in his shoulder for a long time and I was just watching it like there's no way there isn't like after effects <laughs> from that like there's no way that there's not something that will happen to him and so um, as he is getting ready, like we see the shadow monster show up in the mirror. So that's how we know that he's still in there. Uh, at this point, Alina still seems normal. So like there isn't any inkling there with her, but we see the creature take it and then she just starts killing everyone. <laughs> and I put literally in my notes, I wrote, it's like a red knighting instead of a red wedding referencing Game of Thrones because she just starts killing everyone and then um we see what's her name Alina literally take her out and then that's when we see like that smirk on her face and I was like and then I was and then also was shot out of her was black and not white because at this point anytime she's attacked anyone or used her powers it's been a white light and this time it was black and then she ended with that smirk on her face and so there's something dark inside of her i'm assuming again season a potential season three because we haven't it has not been renewed um but a potential season three would see um us would see alina dealing with the fight between dark and light it will see nikolai dealing with the darkness inside of him potentially becoming a villain although i like nikolai as a character to be honest um i like i, I said earlier i like the i like the, i like a lot of these characters um and then we'll see the crows taking on this job because like this new opportunity is to find um or to stop a new drug from being weaponized which is already starting to be weaponized so we'll see them take on that and then potentially a, we'll see this war between um, Raf Rafka and Pirida, or wait, is that how you say it? Not Pirida, Pirida, <laughs> because essentially the drug was created by them, and so like they could see it as an attack on their kingdom, thus creating a war. So that could be what the next big war thing is. Uh, but yes, yeah, so those are potential season three plot lines. 
um, which I think is valid. And then I think that should be it. Like give us a season three and then be done. It's only eight episodes, not a lot. Um, based on everything that's been canceled <laughs> this year, hopefully we get, or this past year, hopefully we do get a season three um, and we can at least wrap up the story because a lot of, at least a lot of the shows that I watch outside of you, because <laughs> I'm not gonna get into it, but a lot of the newer shows that I watched this past year and a lot of the um, ones that are tend to target a little younger have been canceled. So I don't think it makes sense for them to cancel this one as well, just because unless they have something new that are just like super, I don't know. I just feel like give us the final, the last season, or give us a season three, make that the last season and like wrap up the story. Um, but yeah, looking through my notes, let me make sure there isn't anything that I forgot to talk about that I really wanted to talk about. Um, I, okay. Ice Court Heist. That's part of like the Six of Girls storyline, um, which is what people think is we could potentially be going into, um, if we get season three, but where oh six of crows so the showrunner um said that they're working on season three and a potential six of crows spinoff but it's all depending on how season two performs and like if they get a if, if they get a season three um so i think that that would be interesting do we do i want a six of crows spinoff i don't know i struggle sometimes with spinoffs because i i just feel like it's like, oh, this one thing works and then we just want to run with it and run with it and run with it until essentially like the wheels fall off and everyone's like, okay, I'm done. Like, <laughs> can we give us something new? So I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it would be fun and exciting because I do like those characters, but I don't know. I'm just kind of at the point where it's like, give us the story, wrap the story up and then give us something new. <laughs> so so I, just, I say all that to say, that that's kind of where the, the headspace is right now is that they're working on the story for season three, or at least at the time that I looked this up, they were. Um, and also potential spinoff. Um, but we won't, we don't know anything right now. As far as when we will know, we don't know because even when we got the season two renewal news, that was pretty far after the season premiered. Um, it was not a quick renewal. So I'm assuming it's going to be the same for if we get a season three. So that is all that I have to say about uh, Shadow and Bones. It was a very packed season. I'm sure there are multiple things that I did not talk about um, or that I missed. So I wanna know what you all thought about season two of Shadow and Bones. Do you wanna see a season three? Are you excited about the potential plot lines? What do you think the plot for season three should be? Should it be the last season? If we get a season three, let me know all the things and I will talk to you all in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at Currently Binging on Instagram and at Current Binge on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.